Punky peeps, Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and today I will be bringing you Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Hands Across the Hall. Actually, this is Episode 5 of Season 3, as according to my um, DVDs, and that's what I'm going to be going with, so... And this episode, Hands Across the Halls, which aired on November 6th, 1987, Punky tries to help an elderly wo- woman in her, her building. And they also try to get everyone else in the building to kind of rally with the elderly woman so she doesn't have to be put in a nursing home. Which, that's what I like about Punky. She's able to bring people together when times are tough for somebody it's like she's like we have to help her you guys seriously let's just give a little bit of your day i'm not asking for a whole lot but something to be able to help your fellow neighbor am i right right so that being said before we get into the episode i just want to see how everybody's doing hopefully everyone had a great week and now we're on to another week um the groundhog of course told us we have six more weeks of winter, which, regardless whether he sees his shadow or not, we're going to have six weeks of winter, guys. We are in the home stretch six weeks. That's like a month and two weeks, right? I mean, come on. We got this. Spring is coming. It is coming. And I am looking forward to it. I just, just keep that in mind. Think sunny days, warm, light jacket weather. It's going to be great. And that will get you through February. And just remember, there's only 28 days in February. It's going to go by fast. Speaking of fast, guys, I am whipping through a lot of books. I went to the library and I got a bunch of books. I'm still occasionally, you know, buy books and stuff like that. But I'm like, luckily the library has some of the books that I'm looking for. Being it is February, and this is Black History Month, um, I believe I did tell you about when I read Dear Martin by Nick Stone, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, which I highly recommend both of them. I am kind of jumping a little bit into middle grade books now, and I read a couple this week. Actually, one of them I even finished today, but one of them that I finished earlier in the week, it's called George by Alex Gino, G-I-N-O, and this book came out about not quite three years ago. It came out in 2015, and here's the synopsis for George, the description. You guys can find this on Goodreads. Be who you are. When people look at George, they think they see a boy, but she knows she's not a boy. She knows she's a girl. George thinks she'll have to keep the secret this a secret forever. Then her teacher announces that the class play is going to be doing Charlotte's Web. George really, really, really wants to try out for the part. But because she's a boy, the teacher says she can't even try out for the part. With the help of her best friend Kelly, George comes up with a plan. Not just so she can be Charlotte, but so everyone can know who she is once and for all. Guys, this was... A very sweet book. It was just under 200 pages. And it was a fast read. I really, really liked it. The next book is the one that I finished today. 
that is called Save Me a Seat by Sarah Weeks and I can't pronounce her name. It's her first name is Gita G I T A and then her last name is Vera Deraja V A R A D A R A J A N. And this is I didn't, you know, I had trouble with bullies in school and everything like this, but I told Jeremy, like, and I thought I had it bad in school. This just shows kids got it a lot worse than I do. And I, my heart literally, literally breaks for children today that are going through this. But here's a synopsis for Save Me a Seat. Joe and Ravi, R-A-V-I, might be from different places, but they're both stuck in the same place, school. Joe's lived in the same town all his life and was doing just fine until his best friends moved away and left him on his own. Robbie's family just moved to America from India and he's finding it pretty hard to figure out where he fits in. Joe and Robbie don't think they have anything in common, but soon enough, they have a common enemy, the biggest bully in their class, and a common mission to take control of their lives over the course of a single crazy week. Actually, yes. I didn't realize, like, oh yeah, this does take uh, place over the course of one school week. And the character Joe has something that's called AP, APD, auditory, um, auditory perception disorders or something like that where like sounds and stuff kind of like bother him and makes it hard to focus and Ravi of course he came from India where he came from you know they're both fourth graders they're both in an elementary school Ravi came from a school in India that was very very strict with their learning he was very very smart for his age so, of course, when he comes to America, he's all about, well, I'm going to impress my teacher with my knowledge and everything. But, unfortunately, the teacher says she and, you know, the students can't understand him because of his accent, how thick it is. And, like, when she, he's called on for a definition, he gives the definition. However, the context of the word, the definition he's referring to is incorrect. So it's like these little bits and things he tries to impress with uh, going up to the board and working on a math problem. And he's doing all these little arrows and then he's explaining like, this is what I learned over at my other school. And he thinks, oh, these kids are going to be impressed. The teacher's going to like totally love him. But of course, he's, she's like, next time you do that, just write the answer down. We don't need to see all these arrows and everything. And then he just, his confidence is just like, and he's angry. It's like, you know, there's a way that he learned in his school and everything like that. And he was top of his class. But here it's like he, he wants to fit in with this boy who's also Indian, but he was born in America. So he's more adapted to, the boy's name is Dylan. And he's more one of those American born, um, Um, Indian type children and he's Dylan is not a nice person he's not nice to Robbie and he is certainly not nice to Joe and I just some of the bullies in these books I'm just like huh, my gosh seriously 
if I were a kid today, I don't think I'd be able to handle it. I really don't think so. My self-esteem would be, like, not even below. It wouldn't even be on the level at all. But anyway, um, those are the two books I read. I just wanted to tell you about them. I really enjoy them, and... I hope if you guys get a chance, you know, I will put them up on Instagram along with See You at Harry's, which I read in the past week, and I didn't get around to putting that on Instagram. But that way, you know, you guys, if you want, you know, to read these books, these books I'm recommending that I love so much, have at it. And then if you guys want to talk about them, you guys can just email me or comment on Instagram or whatever. But now that we've got that all the way, I also wanted to give a wonderful shout out to my little bunny, London, who turned two on Thursday. And if you go to the Punky Power Podcast Instagram page, you will see his picture there. Also on the Punky Power Podcast Facebook page as well. So I am going to get into this episode. Also, one last thing. Last night, I guested on the podcast There's Only One Tree Hill, which, of course, is a podcast about the show One Tree Hill, and I guested on the season six, episodes 23 and 24, so the season finale of season six, which should be out in about a few weeks, so if you guys, I um, put that up on the Instagram so if you guys want to check that out, you can do that if you guys like One Tree Hill. So you can hear me on that. The three co-hosts, they are so funny and they are so thought-provoking with their analysis and just fun times. I, I, I had a blast. It was so fun. Alright, so this episode, Hands Across All Halls, opens with Punky, Henry, and Brandon in between them watching a mock... TV show version of the lifestyles of the rich and famous. I remember Sundays, this show would come on, like, right before Married with Children, so I'd always catch the end of it with Robin Leach's voice narrating it. And Brandon is so cute. They have this, like, suit t-shirt on him with white sunglasses. Punky's got a red feathered boa, and they're all just decked out. Well, Henry's in his bathrobe, but... They're just, and Henry's just munching on popcorn, and they're talking about, like, whoever, whatever the star is, their cat, and just this cat is living the life of luxury. Oh, I think he says it's lifestyles of the pets of the rich and the famous. Oh, okay, so it's going to be Calvin Klein's Pampered Pussycat Max. Aww. Guys, I want to play this clip because it's just funny, Brandon's reactions to it. And then, of course, at the end, it gets into what's going to be the main part of the episode, their neighbor that's having issues kind of living by herself. So I'm going to play that clip, and I'll be right back. Welcome to Boy Styles of Pets of the Rich and Famous. Tonight, we'll visit with Calvin Klein's pampered pussycat Max. Here's Max catnapping alongside his million-dollar canary-shaped swimming pool. Oh, and Max has his own safe where he keeps all his diamond leashes and mouse-skin rugs. I think Brandon's jealous. He wants a diamond leash. Well, Brandon, you can have one. 
<laughs> as soon as I get my Maserati. Tonight, Mads is hosting a gala gathering for 200 of his closest four-legged friends. <laughs> You're right, Brandon. It is a shallow way to live. Look, Brandon, is that John Collins' dog? Because if it is, it got a facelift. Blake, someday you'll come crawling back to me. So this cat, Max, has got it made. Heck, even better than Quinn does. I mean, Max has got a canary-shaped pool. That's going to be kind of small. All little cats are small. Cats don't like water. But anyway... Also, mouse-skinned rugs, really? And then, of course, Brandon barks, and Punky's like, well, Brandon's just jealous. He wants a diamond collar, or a diamond leash. And, of course, Henry's like, yeah, sure, Brandon, we'll get you that, just as soon as I get my Maserati. (laughs) I love how they're just including Brandon in this conversation and stuff, and just kind of going based on what they figure he would say. And Henry's like, yeah... You know what, Brandon? You're right. It is a shallow, shallow life to live. Shallow way to live. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Punky's feathered, red feathered boa is so large. What is that thing? Like, at least eight feet tall? It, like, it's wrapped around her, but it goes all the way past her knees. That is really long. But it's red, and I like red, so that's cool. Also, of course, Henry is wearing a red and black checkered plaid bathrobe, which is really cool. That's actually what I got for my flannel sheets was the red and black checkered. Or plaid, or however you want to call it. So Punky takes uh, Brandon's sunglasses off and asks, Hey, Brandon, is that Joan Collins' dog? If so, I think he got a facelift. Because Joan Collins, you know, she gets a lot of uh, plastic surgery or something, I guess. Or maybe that was a big thing back in 1987. So they're just sitting there and then all of a sudden the fire alarm goes off. And Henry, like, jumps up, knocks the popcorn out of the bowl, goes flying. And then the panic on Punky's face, it's like, have they ever had a, a fire drill or anything like that? I mean, I don't know. I don't think apartments do fire drills. But, of course, this woman, elderly woman, comes out of the apartment across from them, which is the apartment that Punky was found by Henry in. And, of course, the apartment where Jenny, or Jennifer slash Julie, the girl on the milk carton, was found, too. Or where she lived with her father for, like, a week. But, apparently, this, uh... This fire and stuff that's coming, like, pouring out of this woman's apartment... As she says, oh, there's no fire, I just burnt some toast. Like, really? I... But the fire alarm's going off, and then we got uh, people coming from upstairs probably wondering, like, what is going on? Because if you hear it, it's not like a, a smoke alarm coming out of someone's apartment. It's probably the fire alarm for the whole building. Like, it's on a, um... A sensor or something like that. So some of the neighbors saw, are just really cool about it. I know, I guess the lady's name is Mrs. Firestein. 
<clears throat> and uh, the couple with the baby, the guy's like, don't worry about it. I mean, we're up every half hour with the baby. And his wife, who's holding the baby, is like, what do you mean, we? Like, yeah, guy, you ain't doing nothing. You're not getting up. <laughs> and then, of course, Punky's like, you know what? I burn stuff all the time. And Cherry's like, yeah, you should have seen the pizza that she put in the toaster. Punky, why would you do that? That's what toaster ovens are for. But at least everyone's pretty cool about it. And of course, who do we get for Bruce Kirby? I remember him most from Stand By Me. He was the guy who ran the little, uh, the little shop where Gordy gets, like, the, the ham or the, the meat, hot dogs or whatever. And whatever else he got in that order, I can't remember. But, yeah, he's the one that's like, oh, I remember your brother. You look like him. Do you play football? No. What do you do? Like, I don't know. Anyway, that's that guy. <laughs> but of course, this guy has to play a jerk in this. He's like, well, I should have known. Where there's fire, there's fire stain, as in the neighbor. It's like, guy, shush. No one else has got a big issue with this, but you do? Come on. And, and everyone kind of rallies around her and, like, even Betty goes toe-to-toe with this guy. It's like, don't even go there, buddy. No one likes you. No one's going to side with you. We're siding with this woman. So I'm going to play this clip, and I will be right back. Fire alarm. Let's go. Oh, are you all right, Mrs. Varstein? Oh, no, I'm fine. It's okay. You know, there's no fire. I just burned some toast. Oh, it's okay. It's only toast. It's only Relax, everybody. You're just a fire alarm. Oh, I'm really sorry about all this. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Varstein. We're up every half hour with the baby anyway. What do you mean, we? <laughs> it's okay. I burn things all the time. Oh. Yeah, you should have seen what happened to the pizza she put in the toaster. I'm still finding mozzarella cheese on my Pop-Tarts. I might have known. Where there's smoke, there's fire, Steen. Just back off, Mr. Frank. Don't get your garters all twisted. My garters are my business, Betty Johnson. Well, I guess I better go and open some windows. We'll help you. How long are we going to put up with that woman? She's a menace to everyone in this building. Oh, well, we put up with you, and you're a pain in the butt to everyone in this building. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just exercising my First Amendment right. Freedom of speech. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm exercising my right to bear arms. <laughs> so one of the ladies, after Betty threatens uh, that angry neighbor, one of the other ladies, like, like, Shakes, like, like, way to go, Betty. Like, grabs her arm, like, heck yeah, you go. But now we move into Mrs. Firestein's apartment. It's very, very nice. She's even got a white dog that probably could stand to be groomed. And the girls, you know, they help, you know, open up the windows, kind of air it out and everything. It's This is a very nice room, apartment. So Mrs. Firestein is a little upset. It's like, yeah, Mr. Frank or whatever the heck his name is is pretty angry. And Punky's like, you know what? It's 
don't worry about it. You know, that guy overreacts all the time. You know, I accidentally threw a snowball at him, and he called the SWAT team on me. It's like, guy, did the SWAT team respond? I hope not. They got bigger things to do in the world. Going over because some guy reported a girl who, little girl who hit him with a snowball is not enough of a reason to go and, like, answer that call. Like, come on. I love uh, Punky's really cool earrings here. So Henry offers to, you know, check the toaster and everything. And that's when she's actually honest. She's like, you know, it wasn't my toaster. She was, like, kind of putting um, clothes, like pants or something, to dry in the oven. Um, I don't think that is the best thing to do. I'm pretty sure I already told you guys about my incident with the microwave not putting water in with those noodles and letting it go for five minutes and then stepping away and coming down and the whole kitchen was filled with smoke that I had to open some windows to air it out. But this lady just, I think her issue is sometimes she tends to be a little forgetful. And, you know, just sometimes, you know, we, we, we make mistakes. But I think she kind of claims, like, she is getting older. She's getting a little more forgetful about things and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm going to play this clip and I'll be right back. The Henry is really, he's pretty understanding. I mean, and the girls are just like, you know, they like this lady. They don't want to see her get kicked out of the apartment. But I'll be right back. I'm afraid Mr. Frank was pretty upset with me. That's okay. He always overreacts. Last winter, I accidentally hit him with a snowball. He called the SWAT team. <laughs> Why don't I check out your toaster? No, the truth is, Henry, I didn't burn any toast. I overcooked my pajamas. <laughs> well, you see, I rinsed out my pajamas and put them in the oven to dry. I told the owners not to raise the prices on those washing machines. Well, it isn't the money, it's the effort. You know, it takes me forever to walk down to that laundry room. But putting clothes to dry in the oven is dangerous. Ooh, ah. This uh, material is not self-basting. <laughs> you know, I'm not usually forgetful when I bake my pajamas. But I was talking on the phone to my son, Stephen, long distance, and I've lost track of the time. Want me to toss these? Yes, and throw out the fried socks, too. Okay, so the reason that she actually, she put her pajamas after she wrung them out, she had put them in the oven to dry. And this is where Henry brings up the fact that the owners, Henry is just a building maintenance person or building manager, basically the owners of the building were the ones that raised the prices in order to do, you know, your laundry. And that's probably why she had to resort to putting stuff in her oven, and that's why she now has charred clothes. That's really sad. It's like, especially older folks, you know, they're living on a fixed income. They only have so much money to be able to spend on the necessities like getting your clothes dry so that's when she says it's not the money it's the effort basically it takes a lot of energy for her to be able to get down there to the laundry room and everything so henry kind of warns her like you really shouldn't be putting clothes in the oven that is dangerous and when he pulls 
the door of the oven down, you see more smoke kind of coming from. And he pulls out the tattered rags, what used to be her pajamas. And Punky and Cherry kind of look at each other a little nervously, like, oh no, she might be more, have more problems when we than we think. I mean, they're, you know, young girls. They might think things look okay on the outside, but when they get into her apartment and kind of see, you know, things are more, she's more down on her luck than they probably would have assumed. So she mentions she's normally not forgetful. She was talking to her son on the phone, who long distance, I don't know where he lives. But, you know, and she kind of lost track of time. Um, what about getting a timer, maybe? I mean, I'm sure the oven's got to have one. Just set it for, like, five minutes or whatever. Just check on it, you know, on the clothes. I mean, that, that boom, simple solution right there. Very simply. I mean, yes, she should go and do her stuff in the in the the laundry area. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm trying to be thoughtful, I guess. But this is where Punky and Cherry kind of look at all these pictures and stuff of, you know, Mrs. Firestein back in the day. A lot of them, she's, um, the aviation and stuff like that. Oh, it says Dillhofer Flying Circus. Oh, wow. Oh, and it looks like like acrobatical stuff on um airplanes. And Cherry kind of is like, you know, it's a good thing that your place didn't burn down. You would have lost all of these awesome photos. So she tells the girls in 1937 she got her pilot's license and she was just really wanted to get out there and just see the world and be a globetrotter. Which, of course, Cherry's like, wow, you played basketball too? I was like, nah, globetrotter just means you're pretty much constantly always on the go and, you know, just going to different countries and just different areas and just seeing the world for what there is outside your front door. Wow, so that was 50 years ago then. 37 to 87? Yeah, it was 50 years ago. So she's got to be at least in her 70s then by, by this point. I love her army fatigue jacket. That's really cool. So Punky grabs a picture off the coffee table and says, Hey, Cherry, this is a picture of her and President Rosenfield. And, of course, Mrs. Firestein's like, No, dear, that's President, Ro President Roosevelt. Is she going to acknowledge this little white dog next to her? I mean, I want to know its name. What's the puppy's name? I mean, she acknowledges it enough when she sits on the couch, she doesn't sit on the dog. So that's good. So Punky kind of reads, um, it says that she got a medal for being the first woman of the United States to ride across the world north to south. Like, oh, that's so cool. So I wanted to play this clip of her kind of, you know, talking to the girls about her history and everything. The girls just gushing at the idea of, you know, this woman being a pilot and just all her adventures. The girls are really enamored with her. That's, that's awesome. So I'll be right back. <laughs> Thank goodness there wasn't a fire. You would have lost all these neat old pictures. Yeah. You sure have traveled a lot. Yeah, well, in 1937, when I got my pilot's license, I, I wanted to see the world. I was an airborne globetrotter. Gee, she played basketball, too. <laughs> Look, Cherry, here's a picture of Mrs. Firestein and President Rosenfield. Oh, that's Roosevelt, dear. <laughs> He's the one 
Dad gave you the medal, right? Yeah. Wow, you got a medal? <laughs> she was the first woman to fly across the United States, north to south. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, there's so much dirt on this picture, you could land on it. This is Darcy. There's a light out in the kitchen. Where do you keep your bulbs? At Piggly Wiggly. I haven't been able to get to the store. Nixon resigns? <laughs> 1974? These newspapers are older than we are. <laughs> My dentures are older than you are, honey. <laughs> we'll throw all these papers away on our way out. Isn't there anyone around here who can help you out? Well, my son used to, but, uh, you know, he moved to Philadelphia a few months ago. Well, without his help, things must be difficult for you. Yeah, I'm getting harder all the time. Aren't there any state programs that can help you out? Oh, I've looked into that, but the public programs have a waiting list, and the private programs cost an arm and a leg. That is expensive. <laughs> what about moving closer to your son? Oh, no way. No, I don't want to be a burden on him. I see. Besides, I couldn't take Philadelphia. And that bimbo he married. Well, Charity and I can help you. We'll take out your newspapers and change your light bulbs. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you. You know, you're just making it harder for me to leave. Leave? Yeah. I'm afraid Stephen's right. Right about what? I'd be better off in a nursing home. So Punky picks up a newspaper and reads the headline that says, Nixon resigns, 1974. Jerry's like, 1974? Like, that was 13 years ago. And she's like, these newspapers are older than we are. And that's what Mrs. Firestein is like, huh, my dentures are older than you two. Like, I thought that was funny. It's like, and then Sherry's like, you know, we can chuck these newspapers for you and i'm like but i mean unless they're if they're in pristine condition like if they're not too too bad save them those could be worth money granted they didn't know that back in 87 but they would maybe they would you could sell them people would probably to have official newspapers of historical stuff like that i bet people would pay an arm and a leg to get those no, no, don't throw them out. Keep them. Actually, when Cherry says, we'll throw these pa papers away on our way out, she hands it to Brandon, but you get a look of these piles of papers are at least, at least a foot and a half tall. They, probably even two feet tall. They're pretty high stacks. So Henry kind of sits down and just asks her, you know, is there anybody that can help you out? And... She tells him that her son Stephen used to, but then he moved to Philadelphia a couple a few months ago. So that kind of put a, a crink in things. And then they're like, well, why don't you, Henry's like, why don't you move in with your son? And she's like, I can't do that. Move to Philadelphia. And then she goes on about how, you know, the woman he married is a bimbo. <laughs> So, and then she gives the sad news of maybe my son is right. Maybe I should move into a nursing home. And I'm thinking, A, who's going to pay for that? And B, no, don't move into a nursing home. Those places are not 
they are not good places. They are not good places. Maybe there are some good ones out there, but don't go into a nursing home. Because then you're giving up your life to other people that will have to take care of you. And this woman's still, she's still, she's a free spirit. She's independent. She's not far gone. She just needs someone to help her out once in a while. That's all. She can live on her own. She shouldn't have to give up her life just for one little thing. So, the girls are not happy about the idea of Mrs. Firesting going and moving into a retirement home. But then again, I mean, so who would be paying for this nursing home? Her son? Her son in Philadelphia? Maybe. I mean, he, he must be able to do that then if he even suggested that. So, so in the next scene, we got the girls kind of helping her... You know, get stuff organized and packed away. And Punky, at first I thought it was a dog playing in a box under a sheet. But it was Punky who's like, you don't want to give away your wedding gown, do you? And she, Mrs. Firestein's like, no, sweetie, that's my parachute. I already gave away my wedding gown. So then is she a widow then, possibly? I mean, did she, like, kind of give up her adventurous life to get married and have a child? And it sounds like she's just got a son. She doesn't have any other children. So Cherry's like, wow, jumping out of a plane must be scary. And then, of course, this is where she's like, well, not as nearly as scary as marriage, Mrs. Firestein tells them. It's like, okay, we're getting into territory that may be a little bit over the girls' heads. But, you know, she needs some, no one else is volunteering to come down and give her a hand or listen to her. So, the, you know, the girls are all she's got. But I want to play this clip of, you know, her talking with the girls and everything like that. And talking about her adventures and memories and them all being a good help. Where is that dog? Do we see that dog again? I hope so. So I'll play that clip. I'll be right back. <laughs> It's hard to figure out which part of your life you're going to give away. I'm sure you won't want to give away your wedding gown. I already have given away my wedding gown. That's my parachute, honey. Wow! <laughs> jumping out of a plane must be scary. Not nearly as scary as jumping into marriage. <sighs> but it worked out fine, you know. Albert and I celebrated our 40th anniversary in this apartment. In fact, right up there is the spot where the champagne cork hit. My grandma bought champagne once. The good stuff with the twist cap. <sighs> the memories in this place. <laughs> you know, I have something for you girls. I'll hardly have any use for them in the nursing home. Wow, Cherry. And look at this. Oh, man, this is the raddest. I'll never take mine off. <laughs> oh, this is the greatest. I'll never take mine off. <laughs> Mad Dog Mark? Yeah, that's the name that the other stunt pilots gave me in the oh, wow. air show. Flying Wildcats? Yeah, that was the name of our flying troop. That's a very special 
jacket, Punky. Yeah, only the best and the bravest got one. Wear it with pride, kid. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, Henry told me not to get all soft and mushy about you leaving. But I'm really going to miss you a lot. Me too. Oh, I'm gonna miss you kids too. Oh. Mmm, what's that good smell? Shores oh. in pajamas. <laughs> Butterscotch macadamia and raisin bars for my co-pilots. Mmm, that's rad. <laughs> I bet the people at the nursing home are gonna love your cookies. <sighs> I'm afraid my baking days are over. Why? Well, I won't have my own kitchen. Then how are you gonna eat? Oh, well, they have people there to cook for you. Anything you want? No. Of course, there are choices, you know. Stewed prunes, boiled prunes, poached prunes. Yeah. Are you going to have fun at this place? Well, I'll be fine once I settle into their routine. It, of course, the worst part is I'm going to have to find a new home for Rickenbacker. You can't take him with you? No, no, they, they don't allow pets, but don't worry, I think, you know, I think, uh, I think I've found a nice family that will take him. Uh, I, uh, better look at those cookies. I'm really gonna miss her, Punky. No, you're not. She's not leaving. What do you mean? She doesn't want to go. We don't want her to go. She's not going. What can we do about it? Plenty. We're flying wildcats now. The best and the bravest. Don't give up, kid. So she tells them, and this is where um, you're just going to have to go with it. Continuity goes out the window here. She says she and her husband, Albert, celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary in that apartment. Well, if you want to go that route, go for it. We all know it as the apartment where Henry found Punky. We know it as the apartment in season two where Jennifer slash Julie stayed with her father for like a week or two. The girl that was on the milk carton. So you gotta kind of just suspend your disbelief just a little bit here. She even points out the champagne cork that had uh, made a mark on the wall there that they had had during their uh, celebration. And of course Cherry's like, yeah, I remember my grandma got some champagne once, the kind with the twist cork. So Mrs. Firestein's got a gift for the girls as she opens up her trunk. Oh, this is so cool what you got for the girls. An aviator cap with glasses and a leather air um, pilot's jacket for Punky. They are so stoked to have this stuff. I would be like, oh my gosh, yes. Oh, I love the scarf. The, the, um... The scarf that she has for Punky, too. It's so cool. 
So I guess the name that they gave her, the flying troop, they gave her, like, Mad Dog something, and the Wildcats was the name of their flying troop. Like, oh, that is so good. And it's just, Mrs. Firestein is just recalling all these memories and stuff like that, and it's just, it's sad. I mean, but she's seen these young girls just swallow up these beautiful stories and just amazing adventures and she just looks at the girls you know they're so youthful and so energetic and full of life and she just feels like almost like life kind of you know passed her by like she had her adventures and now she's older and you know having to face the sad fact of you know giving up her 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 home to go into a retirement home, or, well, a nursing home, not a retirement home. She tells Punky that only the best and the bravest got that jacket and tells Punky to wear it with pride. Oh, she will. She will. You can bet yourself on that. I love Cherry's aviator hat and goggles. That is so cute. And they're like, hey, then we're going to take this off. <laughs> oh. Would kids today be as appreciative about if someone were to give them something like that? Compared to, you know, in 1987 with Punky and them. I just kind of wonder. Would, would they care? Would they be generous about? Would they? I mean, I just wonder. So Henry told Punky not to get sentimental and mushy over her leaving. Why? Let her. This is her friend. And her friend is leaving. Let her get sentimental. Let her cry. Because I'm getting teary as seeing Punky get, you know, emotionally worked off about that. And she gives, you know, Mrs. Firestein a hug. It's like, I'm going to miss you. And she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you girls too. And then, of course, Cherry's like, hmm. What's that smell? It smells really good. It doesn't smell like burnt laundry either. She says they're butterscotch macadamia raisin bars. Those sound like they could be yummy. So um, she made that for the girls. And, you know, Cherry kind of makes a point about, you know, how everyone at the nursing home is going to love your cooking. And that's when she, um, Mrs. Firestein kind of breaks to him like, um... Sweethearts, I'm I'm not going to be able to cook. I'm not going to have my own kitchen. You know, they're like, well, how will you eat? And they're like, oh, they have cooks there, people that will prepare, you know, meals for me. And basically, it's like, the food is not going to be great. It's going to be regimented according to your diet, according to your dietary needs. It's not going to be anything glamorous. So we do hear the dog's name. It's a long name. Rickenbacker. Cute name. But she says, you know, I'm going to have to find another home for him. Because, you know, I can't have him. They, they don't accept pets there. And, and she's really, really broken up. Oh, my God. It breaks my heart to see her so upset. Oh, the poor pup. You know, she really breaks down as she's trying to get out the words of, you know, she thinks she's found a nice family who will take him. I'm so, oh my god. Oh my god. This is breaking my heart so much. So she goes and gets the bars and the girls are just I don't want her to go. 
And, you know, and Punky tells Cherry, like, she's not going. She's staying right here, and we're going to make sure that that happens. She's not going anywhere. Punky's got, a, got an idea. She's she's cook, got something cooking up there. Like, okay, girl, you, let's see what you're going to do. When Punky sets her mind to something, she wants something, and she's going to get everyone involved to make sure that this woman stays right where she is. She gets the help she needs. All that good stuff. Yes, Punky, thank you, sweetie, for being such a generous, sweethearted girl. Stay that way forever. So now we move back to the apartment with Henry vacuuming, uh, vacuuming the rug and everything. And Punky's just kind of, I think, is she looking through a photo album or a magazine? Henry, <laughs> don't lift that coffee table by yourself. You have a very well-abled 11-year-old girl who will more than gladly be able to help you out. That's why when he stands back up after moving the table, he goes, out my back. It's like... You are in your 60s, bud. You are going to damage something, okay? You already had an ulcer. Let's not give yourself a hernia on top of it, okay? So Henry just kind of stands there kind of bent over and Punky is just like, it's like, some, she's been through it before. It's like, get on the floor. I will walk on your back. It'll be cool. You'll be fine. All will be well. So, Punky proceeds to kind of walk up and down on his back. Uh, you know, I really don't think that's a good idea. I mean, she's got her slippers on. They're really cool slippers, by the way. And, um, she could even be doing damage to his back. That's something that he needs to see a chiropractor about to take care of his back. Because he is an elderly man. His bones are fragile. All it takes is one false move and she could paralyze him for the rest of his life. So, she asks, like, is this helping? He's like, a little, but you're just not big enough. She's like, well, I could get Mrs. Johnson. And he's like, no, 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 no. It, this is fine. This is, this is just fine. So, Henry is like, I wish I knew a good acupuncturist. So, okay, so they did that back in the 80s? Okay. And, um, Punky's like, you know, I can go throw on your golf shoes right now if you want. And he's like, no, 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 that's just, that's just fine. <laughs> oh, Punky, Punky, Punky. So Punky finally gets off his back as he says, get off my back. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I won't make any more suggestions. He's like, no, I mean, get off my back so I can get up. <laughs> But this is where Punky's like, you know, can I talk to you about something? I really don't want Mrs. Firestein to go to a nursing home. And then she brings up the idea of, do you think maybe she could live with us? Uh, Punky, 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 Punky. Sweetie, she doesn't need to move in with you. She's fully capable of being on her own. She just needs a little help. That's all. She'll be just fine. Besides, you guys don't have the room. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip and I will be right back. Henry, can we talk? Sure. What about? <clears throat> Mrs. Firestein. Oh. <clears throat> There's got to be a way for her to stay in her own apartment. She shouldn't have to go to the nursing home. I was wondering, you think she can move in with us? <laughs> Punky, I don't think so. You think the Golden Girls would take her in? <laughs> Punky, that's not the solution for her. 
She's a very independent lady. She doesn't want to live with you, me, or be Arthur. Then what is the answer? What can I do? Sometimes there's nothing you can do. You definitely can't do anything if you don't try. Funky, in order for Mrs. Farsine to stay in her apartment, she'd need a lot of help. Well, you, me, Cherry, and Mrs. Johnson can help her. Funky, we're just a few people, and there's lots of things to do. Well, what if we were a lot of people with just a few things to do? And Henry uh, tells her, uh, I, I don't think that's going to work, Punky. And then Punky, I love this. She makes a girls in Golden Girls reference. Like, you think the Golden Girls would take her in? Because I think that show was on NBC, too. So that's kind of funny. I like that. And then Henry's like, Punky, Mrs. Firestein needs a lot, a lot of help to be able to stay in her apartment. A lot more than... And, and Punky's like, well, what if you, me, Cherry, and Mrs. Johnson all helped out? And he's like, it's going to take more than just four people. It's going to take a lot of people. That's a lot. A lot, a lot of stuff to do. What exactly... What exact help does she really need, right? Laundry. She needs to get laundry done. Okay, that's one thing. Getting groceries. There's another thing. Let's see, what else? Maybe someone to drive her to, like, if she's got to go to the doctor or something like that, right? There. Well, there's thing number three. Maybe she needs help getting dishes done. Maybe help cleaning up. The girls can do that. More of the, you know, stuff like that. What else other than that really would she need? I mean, she, she's not handicapped, so she does not need someone to help wash her hair or get her in and out of the tub or anything. like. I mean, she doesn't, she's not feeble. She's not feeble at all. She is physically able-bodied. There are just things that, I mean, she's not a recluse. She's not a, a, a hermit or anything that's just holding up in her apartment. There's just things that, that, that she's older, maybe stuff that, can easily be done by another person and stuff like that I mean, as far as cooking her own meals I mean she probably could still do that I mean maybe if someone were to help her out every once in a while but I think it could be done I think with the help of not just the four of them but maybe some of the other people I mean I think it'll work I really really do you know, in times of need, you know, the older people, it's just, if they don't have family around, like, say if they're, especially if they're a widow and their children are either not living near them, they need a little extra help. And there should be organizations like that. Because even Henry was saying, well, isn't there something like these government programs and stuff like that? She's like, well, there's a waiting list. And then the other things cost a lot of money that she doesn't have. But I really honestly think that the whole, not, maybe not the whole apartment building. I mean, there are three floors there. But, you know, just every once in a while, just just help out and stuff. And she can stay there. I mean, she's got to be getting something, you know, disability or, you know, Social Security. So she can at least afford, afford to pay the rent. She can afford the groceries and the little bills, you know, utilities. She can take care of, you know, seriously. It can work out. Oh, I like that there how um, 
Henry kind of said that, you know, being the, the woman, she's very, very independent. She doesn't want to live with another person or be Arthur. I like that little throw in there. Um, yeah, she, it's not a matter of her living in another place. It's a matter of just people assisting her while she lives in her own place. So in the next scene, Henry kind of calls to order a little meeting here with all the people in the building in regards to little things that Mrs. Firesteam will need help with. I like that he gathered everybody together. That's really good. Why did they invite Mr. Frank, whatever his name is there? He isn't going to do anything. All he's going to do is be a sourpuss and complain. He's already asking how much. Like, how much what? Money? You're not getting paid to do this. You're doing it as a generous person. As a friendly neighbor who's helping out another friendly neighbor. Right? There is no money. And if that's what you're looking for, you can gladly go find the door. Oh, no. Okay, now he wants... This guy wants to know how much the rent increased. Why would the rent increase, guy? Do you even know why you're there? Did you just come because everyone else did and you just want to be a menace or a nuisance and ask stupid questions that mean nothing? And it just takes up more of Henry's time? Did this guy ever not wear a bathrobe and a white stained shirt? He's already get out of there when Henry's like, oh, there's no rent increase. Like, Alright, I'm out. And Betty just blocks the way she's like, you sit your fanny down, bud. You are not done until we have a discussion here. Now, either you're going to be a team player or I don't know. <laughs> it goes to, he's like, alright, but let's make it quick. I'm missing the Wally George show. What the heck is that? I've never heard of it. Sit the heck down, buddy. You're just making excuses. Alright, guys, I want to play this clip of where Punky kind of lets everyone in on the situation with Mrs. Firestein. And, of course, Punky starts off like, I have a friend who needs help. Immediately, everybody's eyes go to Cherry. Not, not, not me. Not me. Mrs. Firestein. So, guys, I'm going to play that clip, and I will be right back. I'd like to call this meeting to order. And since it was Punky's idea, I'll let her explain. A friend of mine needs our help. No, no, not me, Mrs. Firestein. I am out of here. Mr. Frank, if you want heat this winter, you'll stay seated until I formally adjourn this meeting. That's blackmail. Well, it's less painful than assault and battery. Thank you. Now the chair, once again, recognizes Punky. Thank you, Chair. Mrs. Feierstein has lived in this building for a long, long time. She's been a good friend to everybody. And now she needs a friend. As you've probably heard, she's moving to a nursing home. But what you don't know is that she doesn't want to go and that she shouldn't have to. Cherry, the chart. Firesteam with their chores. Each animal represents a tenant. For example, Henry's the lion. <laughs> Cherry's the rabbit. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, what am I? 
Uh, you're the deer, Grandma. Oh, that's good. Deer. Who's the dog, Mr. Frank? <laughs> no, that's Brandon. He has a job, too. <laughs> Mr. Frank's the warthog. Uh, this is ridiculous. I'm not a warthog. Uh, he, he's right. He's more like a vulture. <laughs> the point is... I am not giving away any of my valuable spare time to babysit for somebody I'm not even related to. <laughs> the chair recognizes Beth Cromwell. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to say that I don't ordinarily agree with Mr. Frank, but he does have a point. Kevin and I are just too busy with the baby to spare the time. It's only a few simple chores. Don't tell me about chores. I'm loaded down as it is. Once every three months, I've got to take my father to the doctor. And you probably charge him for gas. <laughs> Wouldn't you? If we don't help her, then she has to move to the nursing home. It is better that way. The woman is a danger to herself and everyone in this building. Oh, oh. Yes. Well... Punky, it looks like Mrs. Farstein will have to move after all. And perhaps some of you are interested in seeing the person who's interested in taking over her apartment. Sure, why not? We could use a new face around here. Dad? <laughs> Good, you recognized me. <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, I'm getting to know my new neighbors. What? Mr. Frank. Your father has kindly agreed to take over my lease so I can move. Stop frowning, son. Makes you look like a warthog. <laughs> and look, if I'm in the building, you and I can spend a lot more time together. I can just stop down the hall and tell you how much you're messing up your life. Mrs. Firestone, you're moving? But you love this building. And we all love you. Now, folks, isn't there something we can do about this? Yeah, well, yeah. Sherry, the charge. Uh. Da -da 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 -da. Give me that. Hey. All right, as the lion is Bambi. All right, look, it's only one hour a month. An hour? Is that all? We can spare that much time. Sure, you can count on the old warthog. <laughs> we can all pitch in. Mrs. Feierstein, you're staying. So after Punky tells them that they're going to try to help Mrs. Feierstein, that's when Mr. Frank gets up and says, all right, I'm out. And Henry's like, Mr. Frank, unless you want heat this winter, you will sit down until I officially adjourn this meeting. <laughs> and then, of course, Betty's got to be like, hey, it's uh, cheaper than uh, assault and battery or, so, or it's better than that uh, assault and batteries. Like, yeah, sit down or she will sit you down by force. Oh, Mr. Frank turns to Henry and says, that's blackmail. And then Betty's like, it's a lot less painful than an assault and battery. It's like, yeah, sit down, sir. Oh, the rest of everyone is laughing like, yes, you go, Betty. Yes, put that man in his place. So Henry turns to Punky and says, all right, Punky, you're up. Continue on, please. 
And Punky's like, you know, Mrs. Firestein has lived in this building for a very long time. And she's been a friend to all of us when we've needed her. And now it's time that that... It, oops, sorry guys, I didn't mean to move the microphone. And now it, that it's time to be a friend to her and show her that gratitude that she's shown us. And everyone nods. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yes. They all agree with her. So she does let them know. It's like, you've probably heard that she is going to be moving to a nursing home. But she doesn't want to go. And she shouldn't have to. Which is right. If, if there is a way for a person to be able to just stay in their home instead of going to a nursing home, I would highly recommend doing that, like... In every single possible way that you've exhausted everything else before, let that nursing home be the last resort. Like, you've exhausted every other option and it's the only option left. So I like this little chart that she and Cherry kind of put together with uh, different animals and stuff representing, you know, different people. Oh, wow! It's a work chart! This is so cool! Color-coded and everything! The seven days of the week, we got each person represented by different animals. There's a cow, uh, a chicken, I think there's a lion there, um, a cat, a deer, um, I, I think one is a beaver. Cool. So Cherry and Punky kind of explain how the different animals represent the people in the building and the different chores that they can do to help out Mrs. Firestein. And immediately, of course, Mr. Frank's like, well, I only have so much time in my day. My, my time is my own, basically, and I don't want to give it up to help anybody. And then, of course, the couple with the baby is like, you know, we are so busy with the baby and everything we really don't have time but actually punky says all it is requires is an hour a month that's it and they're like really an hour a month that's all but then it's like mr frank of course has got his own agenda it's like you know i gotta drive my father to the doctor once every three months really once every three months wow exact that is wow that is so much time you're looking at an hour, an hour a month. Come on, that is like nothing. You can do that. Of course, everyone's got a little trick up their sleeve. Henry's like, Mr. Frank, would you like to meet the person that is going to be moving into Mrs. Firestein's apartment if she does in fact go to the nursing home? It's Mr. Firestein's father, who he wants to avoid like the plague. He's like, hey, son, guess what? I'm moving to this apartment here. We're going to be spending so much more time together. And luckily, Mr. Frank is like, you know what? <laughs> an hour a month? Why not? I can spare an hour a month. And luckily, everyone else is like, you know what? That's not too bad. We, we can definitely do that. And then, they're like, you know what, Mrs. Firestein? You get to stay in your place. That is sweetness. See? Everybody work together and you can help someone out. I'm not saying volunteer every hour of your day, but at least volunteer a little bit of your time. And this guy who plays his dad, everybody knows this guy. He is like the 
Um, he's been in a lot of John Hughes movies. He was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, On the Plane with Steve Martin, who played Neil Page. He was the guy who sat on the other side of Steve Martin on the plane. He was also the elderly couple that uh, Kevin McAllister's mother in Home Alone tries to get to exchange their boarding pass so that way she can take their flight to be able to get home and everything. He's been in a lot of stuff. So I'm trying to make out exactly what we got here. One is cleaning windows. One is something about the floors. Um, driving to the something shopping. Okay, just just simple stuff like like that. Probably, you know, doing the laundry for her and stuff. You know, maybe cooking a meal or two once in a while so she doesn't have to, right? Simple enough. So in the next scene, Punky goes over with the orange juice for Mrs. Firestein. I'm sorry, I like almost blanked on her name. Oh, so she sees uh, the couple with the baby come out. And the baby's name is Oliver. Oh, little baby Oliver. That's a cute name. Oh, that works out great. So they do her laundry and she babysits the baby. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, look at Brandon is walking. Um, Rick, what was his name? Let me think of it. Hold on. Rickenbacker or something like that, right? Rickenbacker? Cute name. Cute dog. So I want to play this clip, and I will be right back. I'll drop this prune juice off at Mrs. Firestein's. Uh, she gets the orange juice, and prune juice is for me. Hi, Mrs. Cromwell. How's Oliver? Couldn't be better. He loves staying with Mrs. Firestein. This has worked out really well for us. We do her laundry, and she babysits. Funky, this was a wonderful idea. Thanks. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if people in other buildings did this? Sure would. <laughs> oh, Mr. Frank, can I give you a hand? No, no, I got it. I got it. Isn't that Mrs. Firestein's TV? Yeah, I had it repaired. It's murder on my back, but I'd do anything to keep my father out of this building. Hello, son. <laughs> Dad, how nice to see you. Yeah, sure. What are you doing here? Well, if you must know, Maud and I are going to paint the town red. <laughs> That's a beautiful dress, Mrs. Firestein. Oh, thanks. I made it out of my old parachute. Let's go, Maudy. <laughs> Have a good time, kids. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Henry, I'll need an extra key. <laughs> comes up he's got a TV on his shoulder well I think it's no more than like maybe a, a 13 inch it's not very big 
and he had it repaired for Mrs. Firestein. Well, that was nice of him. But then again, he's like, whatever I got to do to keep my dad out of the building, I am all happy. But there's a surprise. Guess who's with Mrs. Firestein? Mr. Frank's father. <laughs> oh, my God. They're dating. They're going to go paint the town red. And she made a dress out of her parachute. Oh, that's cute. See? Resourceful. Handy. And then she goes and tells Henry, like, Henry, do you think I can have another key made? Oh, my gosh. And her first name is Maud. Aww. And, of course, Mr. Frank's not like that. He's like, Don't, Dad, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, guys, this was a sweet episode. I Oh, it was so sweet. See, it's just doing something for your fellow neighbor, you know, someone that you know that maybe just needs a little extra help once in a while. This just has such a great message. So, for the end of the episode, I'm going to give this episode, the Brandon episode, tail wag episode rating, I'm going to give it, let's give it four out of five. Four out of five Brandon tail wags. One, of course, has got to be for Brandon with the tuxedo shirt and the sunglasses. And then uh, the other one is going to be for the girls hanging out with Mrs. Firestein and her telling them stories and giving them her, her jacket and Sherry the aviator uh, goggles with the aviator hat. Um, the third one is going to be you know, Punky coming up with the idea that they can, you know, help Miss F Mrs. Firestein. Um, and the fourth one, of course, is going to be Brandon helping walk the dog. Um, Rickenbacker. And I knocked one off because Mr. Frank was kind of a jerk. I mean, yeah, he did kind of come around, but it was for his own selfish reasons because he didn't want his father there. So, um, Punky's principles, I'm just gonna go with the same thing I was saying. If you guys, if you know that there's someone maybe in need that you could maybe offer a little help to, whether you know someone who maybe is lonely, just, you know, go over talk to them, read them a book, just chat about whatever. People just, they just want to be heard. They just want someone to talk to, even if it's just... You know, once a week or something for like a half hour or an hour or whatever, if, if you can spare it. Definitely. I would love to do something. I mean, aside from this podcast, I think it would be so cool to be able to just, you know, either read to kids or read to the elderly or something to do with reading. Just, I think that would be so great. So, let's... I'm going to give a shout out to a couple new Facebook likes. And the first one here is Dimitre Hunter Piccolo and Kelly Herrera. Thank you so much for liking the podcast Facebook page. I hope you guys, if you're listening to the podcast, that you enjoy it. Now, let's give a shout out to some new listeners for the week. Actually, I'm sorry. Before the listeners, let's do the YouTube comments. Um, that apartment across was the empty apartment Henry first found Punky in. 
Pretty sure it remained empty for a while, too. So, why are they finding papers from 1974 in there? And memories or marks on the wall and stuff is beyond me. Ha ha ha. Not to forget that the kidnapped girl lived there, too. Oh, you mean the girl Julie slash Jennifer who lived there with her father? She's babysitting and she's forgetful enough to put clothes in the oven? She, it was one time, okay? She's just got forgetful that one time she was talking to her son. Like I said, she could have set a timer and just said, okay, give it five minutes, take him out. That, fix that easy. That simple to fix. This episode is great. Nursing homes are hell on earth. We should all help out our neighbors. Where are these values in television today? Well, to answer that question, they're not there anymore. The values for TV like we grew up on has gone well out the window. It's all about the ratings. That's all they care about. The ratings, the views, all of that. So let's say hey to some new Punky Power podcast listeners. We have Montreal, Canada. Who listened to all of the episodes. Wow. Way to go, Canada. Montreal. Austin, Texas played 24. Chino, California with 8. Then we have um, Coloma, Mexico. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Irving, Texas. St. Paul, Minnesota. France. London. United Kingdom. Pittsburgh, California. Cumberland. Maryland. France, Easton, Maryland, Bakersfield, California, Middletown, Ohio, Inglewood, California, France, Miami Beach, Florida, Kansas City, Missouri, Tampa, Florida, Windsor, California, <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin, Cupertino, California, New York, New York, Jamaica, Jamaica, it looks like Jamaica, but it's not. New York, Bradford, United Kingdom, Spokane, Washington, Sumter, South Carolina, Tempecula, California. Alright. Guys, I want to give you all a sincere thank you, whether you're tuning into this podcast for the first time or whether you've been with me since day one. This month will mark the one year anniversary at the end of February that I've been doing this podcast and I love every minute of it. I have so much fun you guys. I love this. A lot of these episodes, especially season 3 and 4. There are some episodes I don't even think I've ever seen of season 3 and 4 or if I have they've been so long I can't remember them. Um, if you guys would like to reach out to the podcast you can do so by visiting the social media sites which you can access on SoundCloud you can also email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, the books I recommend, if you guys read them, if you want to tell me what you thought of them, you can email me that way, or you can tell me, you know, how much you enjoy the podcast, what you like about it, or your punky memories. Also, uh, you guys can go to Facebook, the Punky Power Unofficial Punky Brewster Podcast, and follow there. Also, Instagram at Punky PB Podcast. Twitter, I mainly just use that for um, reposting stuff from Instagram. Also, if you haven't yet, if you guys got a couple minutes, just go over to iTunes and leave a nice five-star review. It would be awesome. It would be helpful. That way we can get more Punky 
Brewster lovers out there that will discover the podcast and experience the wonderfulness of it. Now on to next week's episode, which is a part one, part two episode. But guys, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that into the microphone. Um, I'm doing part one and then I'll do part two the, the following week. That way the podcast episode is not over two and a half hours long. Because that would be long. <laughs> And if you guys haven't noticed, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of wrung out right now. I'm really, really tired. I'm worn down. But luckily enough, it'll pass in a couple days. I'll be back to my old self. Alright, so next week's episode, Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Open Door, Broken Heart, Part 1, which aired on December 8th, 1987. Brandon runs away after Cherry leaves the apartment door open, which very much, doesn't that sound a little unlike Brandon? That doesn't sound like something he would do. But, of course, this is a two-parter. I'm going to do Part 1 next Sunday, and then the Sunday after that I will do Part 2. And you guys might notice in this episode a familiar face. Allie Mills plays Donna Deaton in this uh, in this episode. She plays Joey Deaton's mother, who, spoiler alert, that's who finds Brandon when he's lost. Allie Mills, you may remember from the show The Wonder Years, she played Norma Arnold, mother to Kevin Arnold. So that's kind of cute. I, I like that. It's just we're getting a couple of familiar faces from the Wonder Years and vice, and vice versa with people from Punky Brewster on the Wonder Years. Soleil Moonfry, um, Casey Ellison, who played Alan, who just left Punky Brewster. Um, we'll see Amy Foster, who plays Margot. She'll be in an episode, which I don't even know if she even has a character name, but that's going to be coming up in season four of Wonder Years, which I'm currently on. So that being said, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Stay warm. Let's get through these next six weeks and get to spring, right? All right. Bye-bye. Have a good night.